went, and that was a good time to see family and friends, but it's always good to come home, and uh, we're, we're excited about that. We talked about that on, on the drive back from Indiana on Monday, how good it is to, to be home and how much we're looking forward to today, so we're glad that you're here um, as well. It's hard to believe that uh, it's been 10 years since really everything changed. Uh, it's been 10 years uh, since uh, that day and that we all remember. Um, for, for the last several weeks, no matter where we have been, uh, traveling throughout the, the country, everybody's been talking about today. They've been talking about where they were and what they were doing and, and what they remember. Uh, Ten years ago on a Tuesday morning, it's really tough to describe the, the thoughts that went through our head as we were watching, all of us across the country, uh, what was going on. Most of you, you know, obviously I don't need to describe it, and we're not really going to this morning because that doesn't serve our, our purpose this morning. You remember where you were, you remember what you were doing, you remember the thoughts of this was no accident, this was something that was intentional, and now what does this mean? And how do we go and how do we move forward from here? Over those next few days after the event, what did we do? Well, we all watched, we all waited, we were all looking for information, we were hoping that, that we would find good news, and, and as always happens, there came this stream of numbers. There's always numbers after an event, and this event was no different, and as you can imagine, the numbers are a little different based on the source, but they're both startling and staggering. The total number who died, 2,992. Number of firefighters, police officers, and paramedics killed, 403. Number of families who received no remains, 1,717. Number of children who lost a parent in the attacks, 3,051. Percentage of Americans who knew someone who was killed or was injured in the attacks, 20%. But for some reason, dates on the calendar, right? There's supposed to be times for celebration, right? Isn't that what we normally do? I mean, think about it. 214. Valentine's Day, guys. I have to remind the guys. Women knew exactly. But Valentine's Day, 214. 74. Independence Day, right? We remember that. 1225. Christmas, right? Days for cause for celebration, things to be excited about. And then there came 9-11. You know, there really wasn't much difference on the calendars, 6, 8, 7, 9, 8, 10, but then came 9-11. And it's, it's, you know, theorized that Al-Qaeda chose 9-11 because of 9-1-1, you know, the number we dial in case of an emergency. And yet what happened on that day was more than just an emergency. It really rocked us as a country. It rocked people. It, it changed the way things are. Washington, D.C., Shanksville, Pennsylvania, New York City, of course. Things changed, and in that aftermath, several churches, several people uh, decided they wanted to do something, and so lots of people partnered with uh, Orchard Group in New York City, and one of the reasons they did that specifically was because Orchard Group committed to giving all the funds that they received in the name of Jesus Christ, and that may not sound like a big deal, and yet it's very, very significant. It's something that, that Jesus talked about in the scriptures. In fact, in Mark chapter 9, verse 41, Jesus says, I tell you the truth, anyone who gives you a cup of water in my name because you belong to Christ will certainly not lose his reward. And in talking with some of you, I know that several of you from PCC, you went and you did just that. You went to New York and you passed out water. You gave cups and bottles of water. You, you helped people. You, you went and did what you could. You, you saw the need. You were motivated by the need. You were motivated by the opportunity. And most of all, you were motivated by love. You were motivated by the love of Christ to go and to make a difference in people's lives. And now, 
here 10 years later, our church, along with several others, have decided to partner with Orchard Group to give a special offering. And we have challenged each individual to give $9.11 to the Orchard Group so these funds can continue to be used to build churches and to reach out to people and to make a difference, to spread the gospel and the saving message of Christ. And, and that day, 9-11-01, served as a turning point in a lot of people's lives. They looked at things differently from then on. It really changed some people's lives because of the loss that they personally experienced. And today, I want us to look at the fact that, that even though those days, that day in particular, it was awful, and it was a, a field of terror, if you will, that, that God has done some amazing things and that the love of God prevails and that it is more powerful than anything else we could ever experience. On 9-11, everything changed. And it will always be remembered as a day that evil struck and that everything did change. But I want to remind you that God's love prevails. And no matter what has happened or no matter what will happen, God's love will prevail. It is there and it will always be there for us. I invite you to grab, grab your Bibles, if you would, and turn to Psalm chapter 103. Psalm chapter 103, there in your Bibles, if uh, you're grabbing a blue Bible in front of you, you'll find that on page 428. And I hope you brought your Bibles with you this morning. If you didn't, I really want to encourage you to, uh, to bring them back next week when you come, uh, to get into God's Word, to read what it says, apply it to your life. It, it, is, it is what we all need in our life to help us through every day of our life. And so... Uh, Psalm 103 uh, is where we're going to be this morning. Um, this passage talks a lot about, about God's faithfulness and about how his perspective can help us through in our life, and, and that's what we're going to look at. Uh, in order to bring some sense out of 3,000 senseless deaths on that day, um, I, I want to tell you this. God specializes in turnaround projects. God specializes in doing what seems to be impossible. When Satan is at his worst, God is at his best, and God can do some amazing things. Max Lucado is quoted as saying, Osama bin Laden intended to bring America to her knees, and he did, but he didn't anticipate to whom we would talk to while we were on our knees. And I like that quote because when you go to your knees, you pray to God, you, you pray to Jesus, you pray to the author of life, you pray to the one who is the way, the truth, and the life. And no one comes to the Father except through Christ, and, and he is the one to which we go. He's the one that can bring life out of death and, and hope out of grief. He is our hope. He is our rock. He is our salvation. And because of him, our lives can be rebuilt. They can be restored because he redeems us in our life. And so um, I, I want us to really see that, that God's love prevails this morning. If you would, um, I'm going to invite you to stand with me as we read uh, the first 19 verses of Psalm 103. And so if you're able, stand with me and follow along as, uh, as we read the words of Scripture. Praise the Lord, O my soul, and my inmost being, praise his holy name. Praise the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. He forgives all my sins and heals all my diseases. He redeems my life from the pit and crowns me with love and compassion. He satisfies my desires with good things so that my youth is renewed like the eagles. The Lord works righteousness and justice for all the oppressed. He made known his ways to Moses, his deeds to the people of Israel. The Lord is compassionate and gracious, slow to anger, abounding in love. 
He will not always accuse, nor will he harbor his anger forever. He does not treat us as our sins deserve or repay us according to our iniquities. For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is his love for those who fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so far has he removed our transgressions from us. As the Father has compassion on his children, so the Lord has compassion on those who fear him. For he knows how we are formed. He remembers that we are dust. As for man, his days are like grass. He flourishes like a flower of the field. The wind blows over it, and it is gone, and its place remembers it no more. But from everlasting to everlasting, the Lord's love is with those who fear him, and his righteousness with their children's children, with those who keep his covenant and remember to obey his precepts. The Lord has established his throne in heaven, and his kingdom rules over all. Let's pray. Father God, thank you for your word. Thank you for this psalm of David how it reminds us of your faithfulness and your uh, superiority over everything, Father. Thank you that we can go to your word and we can be comforted, we can be encouraged, and we can be challenged by the truth that it contains. We love you, Father. Thank you. It's in your son's name we pray. Amen. Thank you. You may be seated. There's a a couple of points that I want to make from this scripture, and I invite you to follow along in your bulletin uh, there in the back, if you would, and you can fill in a couple of these blanks. The first one is this, that love prevails in our past. And, and that may seem obvious, and yet it's worth mentioning. Um, after what happened uh, 10 years ago, it's pretty amazing to think about God's love for us and our love for each other has overcome that. It's overcome all the senselessness that we may have experienced. And it, it allows us to look at things with an eternal mindset. It, it allows us to, to look at things that are beyond what maybe you can see. I know that too often it seems that we're guilty of looking at the negative side of things, looking at the the pain and all the the things that are wrong in scenarios. It's the glass is half empty type of attitude. And I even know people that are the glass is three quarter empty type of attitude. And you probably know them too. And yet I know in my life I can become guilty of looking at the glass half empty as well and fail to remember that God is still in charge and God is still in control. I think this psalm does a great job of showing us that the nature of life, if it's, if it's wrapped in this backdrop of love that God intended for us, that, that God wants to give to us these good and perfect gifts. The first five verses really point that out. And I, I want to read those first five verses again. It says, praise the Lord, my soul, all my inmost being, praise his holy name, praise the Lord, my soul, and forget not all his benefits who forgives all your sins and heals all your diseases, who redeems your life from the pit and crowns you with love and compassion, who satisfies your desire with good things and that your youth is renewed like the eagles. You know, I would guess that all of us, if we were to look back in our life, we could all find something negative. We could all find something that uh, really causes us pain and hurt. And that thing's still moving, isn't it? We're going to make me feel better, even if it doesn't you. Um, <laughs> you know, there, in life, things don't always go as we hope, as we had planned. We all have pain. Some have experienced more than others. Some have, have had things happen in their life that 
they still don't have answers to and, and they really would like to have explanations to. And yet, what I've seen and what I've experienced is that when tragedy strikes, like it did 10 years ago, that the love of Christ is the thing that unites us. It brings us together. It causes people all around the world, across the country, in neighborhoods and families to join together to do things maybe that they wouldn't normally do. Back in 2001, my family and I, we lived in, in Broken Arrow, Oklahoma, just outside of Tulsa. And uh, you know what we did that day, September 11, 2001 in Oklahoma? The same thing you, many of you here in New Jersey and Pennsylvania did as well. We gathered around the TV and we watched and we waited. You know what else we did? Probably the same thing many of you did as well. We prayed. We got together and we prayed. We prayed for comfort. We prayed for peace. We prayed for understanding. We worshiped God and we asked that he would make his presence known. That people would come to him and would use this as, as an opportunity to, to really make a difference in their life. And that the life-changing love of Christ would be so evident in their life. That's what people all across the country did. We were united in that. Some of those things that, that we did, we, we did because we didn't know what else to do. But more importantly, we knew that the only thing we truly could do was to worship God, to support each other, and to love each other. You know what I remember most about the days and the weeks following the tragedy were not the pictures and not the images of what happened. Instead, it was how people lined up to donate blood, how they gave up their resources, how they took time off work, how they prepared meals, how they passed out water, they provided places for people to stay, they lit candles and, and they prayed, they, they sang songs, they worshiped, they encouraged one another, they held one another, they comforted one another, and they vowed never to forget. And we will never forget what happened on that day, but more importantly, I think it's important that we remember the love that was evident that was pouring out through that time. God filled those holes that were left by that tragic day. God specializes in bringing good out of evil. He specializes in the impossible. And we know that God was at work 10 years ago. We know that God is still at work today. He's at work in the hearts and the minds of people. If we're allowing him to be a part of our life, he's living, he's active, he's moving, he's breathing in our life. He wants to come into each and every one of our lives and establish that relationship with us so that we can have a life unlike any other. It can be full, it can be complete, it can be what God intended for it to be. Love can prevail throughout our past, regardless of what has happened. Another thing that we see is love prevails in our present. God is, is evident. If, if you stop and, and think about what's going on in the world right now, the stock market is still fluctuating, right? We're still at war. Lives are in peril. There's still a lot of hatred out there, isn't there? It doesn't seem like much has changed. It doesn't seem like the tragedy of 10 years ago is any less tragic. And you know what? The reality is that it's not. But in the midst of all this, if you're willing to look beyond the numbers that I talked about, beyond the past, if you're willing to look beyond the things that maybe we just kind of see, you can find the good news. You can find the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ. If we've learned anything from our experiences and from our present situation, we need to learn that, that Christ is still on the throne, that God is still in charge. 2,000 years ago when Jesus was crucified and buried, it was a pretty bleak and pretty dark day, especially for the followers. The followers didn't know what to do and they didn't know where to turn and so they turned to each other. They huddled together. They encouraged one another. 
But God didn't abandon Jesus to the grave. Instead, he raised him back to life. And, and by conquering death, we have hope. And we can put our hope and our faith and our trust in Christ and what God has done. We see in, in verse 8 in Psalm 103, it says, The Lord is compassionate and gracious, slow to anger, abounding in love. He will not always accuse, nor will he harbor his anger forever. He does not treat us as our sins deserve or repay us according to our iniquities. And I'm pretty glad about that. I'm really thankful that God is compassionate and gracious. I'm thankful that he is slow to anger and that he's abounding in love. Aren't you? Wouldn't you rather have the slow to anger God than the quick to anger God in your life? I think we all would. I'm glad because I need that. I need that type of God in my life. I need one who is compassionate. I know that because I fail him. And yet he continues to love. And because of his love in our life and because of what he's done in the past and what he's doing in our current circumstances and situations, he has called us to exemplify him and to demonstrate his characteristics to the people in which we come in contact with. But, but let me ask you this. When the terrorists orchestrated those attacks and, and 3,000 people died, what was your immediate response? I'll give you a couple options. Was it vengeance? Or was it forgiveness? Vengeance? Forgiveness. We're not real quick to forgive, are we? Our society doesn't really promote this whole idea of forgiveness. In fact, we kind of promote the opposite, doesn't it? And the bumper sticker that reads, I don't get mad, I get even, right? It's the take care of yourself mindset. It's the get yours before somebody else gets yours mindset and it's kind of what we've adopted as our American way. Maybe you heard the story about a soldier who was fighting over in Afghanistan and, and while he was there he received one of those Dear John letter, letters and uh, in that letter uh, his girlfriend wrote to him he said uh, she, she wrote this please send back to me my favorite picture of myself because I would like to use it that photograph for my engagement picture in the county newspaper. Now that's hitting below the belt, right? That's just not even right. But you know, his buddies came to his rescue. They, uh, they came to his defense, and they, what they did was they went throughout the barracks, and they gathered up a bunch of pictures of all the other soldiers' girlfriends, and they filled up an entire shoebox full, and they told the guy to write a letter to his girlfriend that said this, please find your enclosed picture and return the rest. For the life of me, I can't remember which one you were. Vengeance? <laughs> we like that, don't we? I mean, we're going, yeah, that's exactly right, girl. That's what you deserve. We, that's kind of what we do. <laughs> Let me ask you this question. When Osama bin Laden was killed back in May, did you shed any tears for him? Now, why would we do that? That guy got exactly what he deserved. In fact, I'm not sure it was enough. I even heard some people start quoting the Apostle Paul in Galatians chapter 6, verse 7. A man reaps what he sows. Don't misunderstand what I'm about to say, okay? The things he did, according to the reports, are, are despicable. Had he been captured alive, I'm not sure there would have been an appropriate punishment here on earth that could have matched his crime. But hear this. 
God will settle the score, the score with Osama bin Laden. And you know what's sobering for me? Is that God will settle the score with me as well. And God's going to settle the score with you. He's the one that's going to settle the score. Vengeance, destruction, violence. They still threaten us. Terror alert has gone up again. A real and imminent threat is here. Scripture says God does not treat us harshly as our sins deserve. His love is as high as the heavens. What's going to make the difference whenever we stand before God and whenever he settles accounts with us? It's what you do with Jesus. It's did you make him the Lord of your life? Did you accept his will and replace his will for your own? Did you allow him to be your Lord and Savior? Or did you not? God will do the right thing, and God will be the one to bring the victory. God gets the results. One last thought from Psalm 103, kind of predictable, but love prevails in our future. Love prevails in our future. Our, our memories can be of the past can be filled with love. Our present circumstances can be comforted by love. And our dreams for the future... They must be defined by love. Look at verse 15 again. The life of mortals is like grass. They flourish like a flower of the field. The wind blows over it and it is gone. And its place remembers it no more. That's pretty comforting, isn't it? Hey, by the way, you're going to be here a short period of time. The wind's going to blow and you're going to be forgotten. And even where you were, they're not even going to remember you were there. Verse 17, but from everlasting to everlasting, the Lord's love is with those who fear him and his righteousness with their children's children. And those who keep his covenant and remember to obey his precepts, the Lord has established his throne in heaven and his kingdom rules over all. That is encouraging news. That no matter how short of a time we are here, that God's love prevails forever. That God will endure that he has a plan, and he's beyond and above anything that happens here on earth. Over the past 10 years, there's been some pretty interesting things that have happened. Um, one of those things has been that several prayer organizations, unbeknownst to each other, have moved their headquarters into New York City. I find that interesting. Uh, the Orchard Group, they've been able to plant 12 new churches in New York, and and as a result of that, kind of had their pulse on, on what's going on there. And what they have seen is that people are more and more receptive to the saving message of Jesus Christ than ever before. Ten years ago, the percentage of Manhattan residents attending an evangelical church was about 1%. Now that's tripled to 3%. Of the nearly 200 evangelical churches in Manhattan, almost half have been planted since 9-11. And even though there's still a lot of work to be done, the future is exciting because of what God is doing and because people are surrendering their life to him and because God is bringing beauty out of the ashes that occurred there. Love always fails. Love never fails. It will always persevere. It will always be there. Some of you may be familiar with the ministry at the Brooklyn Tabernacle where Jim Cimbala is the pastor. They hold a weekly Tuesday night prayer gathering and 10 years ago on Tuesday nights they averaged about 300 people and since the tragedy they've averaged well over 3,000 people every Tuesday night. People are open. People are more receptive. 
You see, 9-11 didn't take their hope, it affirmed their hope. It didn't crush their spirit, it revealed God's spirit to them. And hopefully to us as well. This weekend, this week, you've probably seen countless pictures and interviews and footage of the attacks in 2001. And in a heartbeat, you can be taken back and those emotions are raw and they stir that up and it causes a lot of hatred. It causes a lot of confusion. We don't really know what to do. Scripture says, from everlasting to everlasting, the Lord's love is with those who fear him. I think the only problem that, that, that violence the only way violence can be solved is through love. That, that love is the only thing that can truly provide us with joy and security. That love is the only thing that can truly cast out fear. Love is the only thing that's really always going to protect and always trust and always hopes and always perseveres. Love never fails. So I think that, that Christ is winning. I, I think that that Christ has a foothold and Christ is going to do some amazing things. I'm excited about what is happening in the kingdom of God. I'm excited about what's happening here and the different things that God has in store for us here at PCC. I know that there's a lot of work to be done. There's more obstacles to overcome. There's challenges to be met and to be examined and to figure out what God would have us to do with those things. Over the past several years, over the past 10 years, God has done some amazing things in the lives of people. I've heard the stories, so have you. You've read the accounts. We know that, that God is doing some amazing things to people who, before the tragedy of 9-11, they weren't open to what Christ was doing. They weren't open to what God wanted to do in their life. But God has a way of doing amazing things because he never stops working. He never stops seeking. And even now, if you're looking, God is, is trying to get your attention. He, he's trying to do some amazing things in your life. A guy by the name of Tim is a friend of Paul Williams' Um, up in New York, and, and he shared this story, uh, Paul Williams shared it, and uh, talked about different things in Tim's life, and it kind of boiled down to this in, in Tim's life. He was uh, addicted to drugs, he saw the, the plane crash, and it changed his life. And in a recent email that he sent to uh, Paul, he signed it with this uh, at the very end. It simply said, changed by bad for good. Changed by bad for good. What Satan intended for bad, God has used for good. What Satan intended to crush people, God has used to revive people. He's used it to, to help people come to the understanding that what he truly wants is a relationship with them. God wants that with each and every one of us. Dave Stone, who is the preaching pastor at Southeast Christian Church in Louisville, Kentucky, has suggested that on this, the 10-year anniversary of 9-11, that it's time maybe to change out those three numbers with three other numbers. He suggests that it's time to replace 9-11 with 316. And I kind of like his suggestion. I think it's kind of a, kind of a cool suggestion. Uh, following the tragedy, President George Bush said, we will never forget 9-11. And as Americans, he's right. We never will forget 9-11. But as Christians, I think it's important that we never forget 316. We need to never forget 316 and, and remember what happened and remember the inspired message that that brings to us throughout the scriptures. And 316 may even be more than you're thinking of right now. For instance, 1 Corinthians 316 says, don't you know that you yourselves are God's temple and that God's spirit lives in you? You see, God's love prevails. 
Colossians 3.16, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom, as you sing psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs with gratitude in your hearts to God, because his love prevails. 2 Thessalonians 3.16, now may the Lord of peace himself give you peace at all times in every way, the Lord be with all of you. His love prevails. 1 John 3.16, this is how we know what love is. Jesus Christ laid down his life for us, and we ought to lay down our lives for our brothers. His love prevails. And then, of course, maybe the one you thought of when I first said 3.16, John 3.16, one that's familiar to all of us. Would you read that with me? For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. The love of 316 replaces the tragedy of 9-11. Ian and the band, they're going to come and lead us um, in some more worship this morning. And as they do that, uh, I want to remind you of a, a story that we find in Scripture where 3,000 people died in one day as well. Um, it's in the New Testament. It was on the day of Pentecost. Peter's wrapping up his, his first gospel message presentation, and he, he says this in Acts chapter 2. With many other words, he warned them and he pleaded with them, save yourselves from this corrupt generation. And those who accepted his message were baptized and about 3,000 were added to their number that day. It's interesting that on that day, 3,000 people died to themselves. They died to their own pride. They died to themselves. And they said, we want to accept Christ. What a contrast. 9-11-2001, 3,000 people died because of a movement of violence. And on this day in Pentecost, in Acts chapter 2, 3,000 people died to self and accepted Christ because of a movement of love. Maybe your life in these past several months or past several years has just kind of felt like it's crumbling and it's on the ground and you don't know what to do with it. Can I tell you that God restores he rebuilds, he redeems, and he wants to do that in your life. Would you be willing to surrender your life to him? And perhaps today on this 9-11 anniversary, the same would be said of you that you were changed by bad for good. That God stepped into your life and made a difference in your life. And maybe today you need to surrender to him for the first time and accept him and begin walking with him. Maybe today you need to be obedient to the Lord through baptism. Maybe today you need to join the church. Maybe you just need to connect with other believers. Maybe you need someone to pray with you. Maybe you just have some questions that you would just like to talk to someone about. As a church family, that's what we want to do. We want to help you in any way we can. I'm going to invite you to stand with me. If you want to talk to someone about anything going on in your life, we'll meet you over by the cross. We'll see you there.